Hello everyone, how's it going? This is another episode of According to Davi and today I'm here with a former Estonian beach volleyball player and current volleyball coach and I would say very successful one, Rivo Vesik. Welcome to the show, hope you're doing great. Hello everyone and thanks for inviting me to the show. Yeah, doing fine right now. You know what, I didn't even realize how strange this episode would be for me until now because we are both Estonians but we have to speak in English for the listeners. The people are listening you know, this episode from all over the world. So instantly, I kind of want to start speaking Estonian, but I can't. I don't know how you feel about this. For me, it's really strange. You know, something I'm not really used to. Yeah, it, it is the same actually that, uh, but, but I'm a little bit more used to it because for example, whenever we are in world tour, and we are practicing together with Estonians and Russians and like German teams, then I have to speak English to Estonian also or Russian to Estonian uh, or, or vice versa. So, so it's, it's kind of uh, more, how to say, comfortable for me. Yeah, but you actually represented Estonia at the Olympic Games um, in China 2008, I believe it was. Yeah, Beijing with- 2008. Correct. Yeah, which I assume is kind of like a dream come true. Uh, yeah, it was. It was the for me. It was the main goal since I yeah. I started to play as a as a child was to get there. And but in the progress of of getting there, I understood that I can actually do a little bit more. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I had an injury before the Olympics. But a small part yeah. of my my childhood dream came true there. Yeah. Well, you always hear you know athletes saying that you know getting to Olympic Games is something you can't really compare to anything else. I know it was a long time ago now, but what do you remember from that experience? You must have some amazing memories from this. Uh, you know, you know the Olympics, uh, they are different because the, to get there it takes a long time. If if you compare to the other tournaments. For other competitions, usually you have the world championships every year or every second year. So, so it takes two years to get there. But the Olympics are every four years. So the anxiety and uh, like the nervousness and the waiting of these games, it's 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 more special. Uh, all the other tournaments are are more regular. So, so for me to get there was first of all it was a great challenge for me because when i understood that it's possible for me then it became a little bit more difficult because when you have a dream you know you have a dream but if this dream comes uh, uh, so you so you how do you say you can reach and touch it so then it becomes real like a real thing for you and then some kind of um, I have to do it or, or some kind of, how to say it in English, uh, like the pressure takes a little bit over. So I was dealing with that a lot, but uh, fortunately the first year of qualification to the Olympic Games was was so good for us that uh, we already qualified in the first year pretty much. And then we, we started to prepare for the Olympic Games mentally, physically and technically. So. So, so my experience of really getting to the Olympics was 
the dream when I was a child, it was much, much nicer and much easier to dream about it than to actually know that I can get there. Do you remember your first match? Uh, what was your feelings? Like, were, were you nervous? Uh, oh. No, actually not, because uh, my, our first match was, I think, against China, the local team. Uh, China or Spain, I think it was China, but I wasn't nervous because unfortunately before, before the Olympics, two and a half months before the Olympics, I had an injury in a practice. So I broke pretty much both my ankles. So the left ankle was was broken uh, heavily and the right one was so-and-so. So for three weeks, I was pretty much going around with the crouches and uh, it kind of took all the pressure away from me. I went there, I, I went there to do my best, but I wasn't thinking so much about the result anymore. Because the year before, I, fe I really felt that we can fight for the medals. And until that point, when I had an injury, I really felt that I can fight for the medals and I, I, we can be there on the highest uh, podium. But after the injury, like all my focus went to the to the point that now I have to get so well that I can participate there and I can play. So we even talked with Christian guys with my partner that what happens if I can't play. But fortunately, I was able to play there. Unfortunately, I was still injured. I played with uh, a lot of painkillers and, and uh, taped ankles, so right. So I couldn't put any pressure on myself because I knew that I'm not ready. I was maybe 50% 50, 50 ready for that uh, and, and uh, of course it showed in the game set, but there was, there was no nervousness, nervousness mm -hmm. at all. The, I, I was more nervous in the Olympic Village when I was walking around and seeing all the other other athletes with uh, like, for example, the USA basketball team, some uh, track and field people who were really famous in the world. So, so this, this was more, I was more nervous there than actually on the court. Uh, what would have happened if, if, if you really couldn't continue? Like, were you allowed to change your know, partners or what would have happened? Or was it more like, you know, it, it's over now? Uh, yes, we could actually have, uh, we had one team, so the rule was like this, that uh, we can make a change if we have another player in Estonia who has played 12, 12 World Tour events in past two years. Right. So we had two guys who did the same, who played 12 events, they tried to qualify for the Olympics, but they didn't uh, succeed. So... So Christian would have a chance to play with another partner, but he said that he doesn't want to do it. Uh, but we, we never know what, what would have happened. We had a chance to change, but, but yeah, that, that went how it went. Yeah, I know it's such a you know, cliche thing to say, but if you get to the Olympic Games, you know, in my eyes, then you're already a winner. Yeah, I know everyone would say that, but it really is. You know, obviously you want to win the whole thing and it can be disappointing at the time. But when you think back, I think you can be so proud. Uh, it depends on the mindset of uh, 
it depends on the mindset of of a sportsman. For for me, as I said, it was it was a part of something bigger. But this is my, of course, I, I'm I'm incredibly uh, proud of that that I I made it there. I watched uh, when I was like sixteen. Uh, mm. In '96, I got from somewhere I got the VHS tape of. Atlanta Olympic Games finals or third place match, Brazilians playing against the USA, and I watched that and I was like, I want to be there. I I, I want to go to the Olympics. Uh, as soon as I understood that I'm I'm there, then uh, it became like one step more. I want to do good in the Olympics. I, I want to win medals. For, it's for me, but of course I'm, I'm extremely proud. This is the biggest competition that the sportsman or sportswoman can get into. But uh, I would never stop there. It's it's my stupid mentality or it's my stupid mindset that I I want to have more. I I want to always want to have more, and that that pushes me forward somehow. I don't think it's a stupid mentality to have. Uh, it just shows you want to win things, and it's a good mentality to have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's not stupid, but at some some point it uh, it's at some point it backfires a little bit because even with the, like uh, I, I I get so competitive sometimes even playing video games with uh, with some of my friends or somebody that I I really want to win and this is the like the funny and little bit stupid part but but all in all I think that all the sportsmen have to be like this that. Uh, you cannot stop. You cannot be, in that sense, happy with with your result. That uh, if you win yeah. something once, you have to move forward, try to win it second time, third time, fourth time, and so on and so on and so on. Yeah. When you finish, you finish. But if you play, if you do sports, if you're running, skiing, whatever, at that moment you have to give maximum and try to be better. Not even better than your opponents, but better than yourself. Because for me, it was always fighting with myself and being better than myself. But if I did 10 points, uh, I don't know, shooting basketball, I, I, I made 10 shots in a row. Then the next goal for me was to make it 11 shots in a row against myself. Yeah. Well, as, as they say, you are your toughest opponent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously you have quite a few other amazing uh, achievements as well, like you know win winning the competition, um, VIP Open Zagreb in two thousand seven, which I believe was the qualification stage uh, for the Olympics. Yes, that was one of the World Tour events that counted as a qualification. Uh, yeah, uh, that was our only victory in a World Tour. Uh, we, we became quite close a couple of times, but but couldn't get any more medals. And I think it's the, still uh, the only victory in a like, big World Tour event. And now the new guys, have, Martin Kusti, have won smaller events. But, mm. but this is the, the one gold medal from like bigger World Tour events. Yeah. And you also have some you know, second places and third places. Uh, uh, from Euro European Championships event, yes. Yeah. yeah. What would you say has been your proudest moment in your career or the biggest achievement? Is it, is it the winning this VIP Open Zagreb? 
Uh, you mean in sports? Yes. In, in, in sports, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would even say that uh, for me, the biggest achievement or the proudest, uh, I, I would not even make it like a top three, but I would say three. One of is this. One of them is the tournament victory. Second one is to getting to the Olympics, and the third one is to actually finishing in world top ten for three or four years. I don't remember now. But this is for me even maybe the best that we we did because to be four years in the world top ten, it shows that you are uh, stable, you are consistent team that can produce uh, good enough results to be in the world top ten. Yeah, and to be in the top, to to get there once, uh, it's it's I would say it's easy. But it's easier than to stay there for a long time period, and this this would be, I think, uh, for me the proudest. If, if I if I would have to choose, you know, I I think I actually remember watching uh, this competition uh, in Zagreb in two thousand seven briefly though because it was a long time ago, but I remember being really nervous about the whole thing because I really wanted you guys to win it, and 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 you did. I'm not the biggest volleyball fan, I have to admit. Uh, but for some reason, I was getting into that competition you were in. Maybe I just knew there was you know, a hell of a good chance for you to win it. And I just wanted to experience it. But it, it was a really good memory, even for me as a, as a viewer. Thanks. Uh, thank you. It's, it's always nice to hear that, uh, especially when people say that they are not the biggest volleyball fans, that we can, we as a players can... Uh, get people more into this sport and, and to watch and uh, for us it was also a great memory uh, there was a lot of interesting things that happened in this tournament for example we, we lost the first match in the tournament so we had to go through loser bracket it was like three games more to get to the final then uh, we had to beat uh, world, champ- uh, world champions uh, like everyone to get to the final and then uh, beat the Swiss guys in the final. Uh, again, the funny thing with that is that one of the Swiss guys, Sasha Hayer, who played, I think, 20 years in the World Tour. 20 years, the guy has been European champion. The guy has a silver medal in World Championships. He's been in two or three Olympics, but he actually never won a World Tour event, like never. Mm. And this was his chance, but we took it from him, and we still make fun of it and uh, <laughs> with him. So, so there there are some great memories from that tournament. Uh, somebody I, I I either lost or somebody stole my playing shorts just before the semi-final. So, so I had I had to go to the hotel and get the spare uh, spare shorts to play in the semi-finals. And these these kind of memories make it even more special. <laughs> Well, it seems like someone needed the shots more than you did then. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't imagine somebody want to have like sweaty, somebody else's sweaty sports shorts. I mean, there are different kinds of people in the world, of course. Yeah. Well, do, do you necessarily need to win you know, the competition to qualify for the Olympics? Or are there any other ways to get there? No, no. It actually goes like this, that... Uh, Right now, there are three chances to get to the Olympics. One is through world ranking. So two years before the Olympics, 
you play as much tournaments as you, as, as you can. And out of those tournaments, 12 best results are counted as an Olympic qualification uh, point. So, and if you, if you, with these 12 tournaments, you get to the world top 16 teams, then you qualify through the ranking. Then there is this Continental Cup, which means that country play, countries play against countries with two teams. If you win the Continental Cup, you get one spot, and then there is like an Olympic qualification tournament. Just one tournament, and uh, two teams from that also qualify for the Olympics. So there are actually three, three different kinds of ways to qualify. But when mm -hmm. we played, then the, the, there was only through the world ranking. So 12 mm -hmm. tournaments, and the points counted together, and you go to world ranking. Right, I see. Yeah. It is kind of, it is kind of uh, not so easy to understand the system, uh, which for me, it's, it's, uh, it's not a good thing. Because to explain right now to you or to the other listeners how it actually goes, it takes quite a lot of time. Right. You know, when, when you look back at your career as a player, obviously, you know, no doubt you can be extremely proud of what you achieved. It's more than most volleyball players. But is there anything you think, you know, I should have done something differently or something you wish you could change? Uh, actually, I, I've never been, uh, never been this kind of person to think that mm. uh, I, 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 I had to change something differently. But now, uh, when I'm working with the Russian national team, one thing that I would uh, want to have when we were doing was a coach, like a good coach who helps you and who builds the process, uh, process of uh, practices and getting ready for tournaments. Uh, volleyball coach and physical coach. These are two things that I, I, I would say that if me and Christian, we would have those people in our team, then we could even achieve even more. Uh, these are the things that I'm, uh, I would say that I would change if I could turn back the time. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I've always wondered about beach volleyball, and I really don't know how it works. You know, you've, personally, you've had, I believe, three different partners during your career. Uh, Christian, Gagliani and Christo. Yes. Yeah. You know, when it comes to changing partners, uh, how does it work exactly? Is it more like a mutual agreement between you guys or is it more like your coach or manager is putting everything in place? Uh, in Estonia, it's a mutual agreement. Uh, we, we don't have coach or we don't have manager and it's the team still, uh, the team decides by itself. Right. For example, in the systems like uh, Germany, uh, Russia, Italy, the Federation has a little bit of saying about those things because they are the sponsors, they pay for pretty much everything. But uh, it more comes down to the coaches and the players together to decide that who, who would play with who. Right. But yeah, it's uh, in Estonia, we can't choose. We have, we don't have so much talent or we don't have any, even so many people where to choose from. So the people who are there, uh, you like them or not, but if, if they are good players, then you have to try to to make it work. Hmm. Well, let's go back to the very early days in your career. Yeah, actually, let's I, let's yeah. not 
I'm sure it's good. It is good. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, was it always your dream to be a volleyball player, player, or was it something that kind of happened? Yeah, I assume you didn't start as a beach volleyball player. Yeah, and you kind of transitioned over to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I I, I didn't have a chance. Uh, I my mother took me to volleyball practice and. She played volleyball. My older sister played volleyball. Uh, we were living in Perno. We actually, I, I, I really wanted to play basketball, actually. But we didn't mm. have any decent basketball trainings in Perno. So, right. so, and my mother played. I started to play when I was young, uh, volleyball. And already young at young age, we Perno is Perno. Like who knows the city, the knows that it has a beautiful beach. We as a youngsters, we were hanging uh, around on the beach from morning until evening, and played volleyball. And from from there it went. So, so for me, at one point, I saw myself more as a beach volleyball player than uh, a volleyball, or, or I wanted to be one more but uh, I had uh, I had a really good uh, like role models also Avo Gael Kaido Gren who played in 96 Olympics there I knew that it's possible to get there even from Estonia Argo Arak uh, Christian Kai is Karel Kais Markus Ninem uh, these guys were like the legends uh, for me I, I saw them play in Estonia I saw them play in some international events uh, and, and, and and I had like really the Estonian beach volleyball tour was made really good uh, Andrei Ojamets and Karol Paas, Mehis Merilainen were organizing it and it was fun and it was spectacular to watch and I always when I saw the tournaments in Perno I was like I, I want to play there I want to play against those guys I want to beat them I want to do this and that and from there it, it became more more like my style uh, it was the indoor volleyball was more teamwork yeah so i didn't have my saying so much in the team as in beach volleyball two guys i have my saying or, or i get more ball touches i have more decisive moments and so on and so on and so on more challenge that that i like and plus of mm -hmm. course in beach volleyball uh, in indoor volleyball you have five guys on the court who are disturbing you to win the match in peace volleyball there is only one guy who can disturb you on the court so i liked it uh, i liked it more yeah. and thanks to Christ christian guys who actually uh, who actually gave me a chance to play in high level uh, thanks to him i made those results so yeah, when i was growing up i remember uh, so clearly that volleyball was absolutely everywhere. You know, advertisements everywhere. You know, come join volleyball trainings and so on. It was definitely one of the most popular things to do at the time. I, I think I never tried it. No, no, that's actually a lie. I, I, I think I took a session or two, but I never really got into this as I was doing my acting at the same time. Even, even though training place was pretty much next to my house, like five minute walk, like everything was so close. I was born in Vukul. Uh, had to go to school, only five minute walk, 
my acting classes pretty much across the road, shops again everywhere around. Wanted to go to cinema again pretty much across the road. Wanted to go to the beach again so close you can see it through the window. So everything was so close. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that was the problem that you had so much choices to go. Maybe Buru is a great Buru is a great uh, volleyball city. I mean, it has it has a lot of history in volleyball, a lot of history. Yeah, well, to be fair, uh, uh, my classmate is actually playing in a Estonian national team at the moment, uh, Robert Tat. Uh, we yeah, that's to... that's what I thought. <laughs> Yeah, we used to go to the same school, uh, same class. Uh, yeah, Robbie is the biggest uh, Estonian volleyball star right now. He's second really biggest good. after me. After me, I'm still the biggest star in Estonian volleyball. <laughs> yeah, Robbie is second. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, what do you think makes beach volleyball better than a classical volleyball? I think you, you already kind of said, you know, there's only two players in in a in a team. But is there anything else you would say, you know, that what makes beach volleyball better? Uh, I, I personally like it because, because it's a bigger challenge. You know, as I mm. said, uh, more depends on you than uh, other five guys. You have to you have to be ready to take on the challenge. There, there are no substitutions. You can't be like if, if I have a bad day, then somebody some guy from the bench comes and helps me or the team to be better if I have a bad day we lose so I can't have a bad day so it's a challenge for me already so plus it's uh, it's I mean easier to to play on the sand to get the dig the balls jump after the balls it's not so painful uh, and of course a little bit more like relaxed atmosphere uh, around it which which can which actually can be a little bit bad for beach volleyball because people are not taking it serious most of the people say that off oh, what the beach volleyball it's uh, naked girls beer and just having fun on the court half of it is true <laughs> half of it is true i'm not saying that uh, it's not but it actually it is uh, physically challenging mentally challenging game and uh, like a lot of people say that when I say that I, I, I was a beach volleyball player or I am a beach volleyball player, then they say, wow, you have such a great job. You can hang on, hang on the beach the whole day. You can play always sunny, always warm. But they don't see us practicing on the beach when it's like eight degrees and raining. They don't right. understand that they are not going to the beach on that day, but we are still there because we have to be there. And this is the part that uh, like the other people don't see. Yeah. You know, when it comes to the rules and regulations, anything you would change in volleyball? For example, you know, I'm a huge football fan myself. And sometimes you can see the managers complaining about the rules and regulations, you know, managers and, and players and fans. You, know, you can always hear about complaining about this new VAR thing and how useless it really is. Uh, it ruins the game and so on. You know, the whole point of VAR is to avoid mistakes, but it still happens. But is there anything in volleyball, you know, that you would change? You think, you know, this thing needs to be changed in near future. Uh, that's a cool thing that you compared it with football, 
and uh, with the with the video how, how do you say it video yeah video i think it's a what? video assistant referee or something yeah video assistant yeah, referee yeah. system that is a really good example of why not to do it why not to change anything football had perfect rules no everyone understood the game the only difficult rule in football is the offside situation and this this rule was also good that when they changed that the goalkeeper can't get the ball with the hands when the pass is playing played back from your own player yeah. that was a good change but now with the vr system now the fans don't like it some of the players managers don't like it so on and so on and so on and that makes it difficult or more difficult for the spectators to follow it yeah and you lose some of the fans so i mean this is these are the perfect rules tennis had the perfect rules uh, have perfect they always been the same everyone understands them everyone knows them and that's it in that sense i wouldn't change anything in any games that what, what, what is absolutely needed to change but usually there are not no rules that you need to change so and if you take volleyball i don't see any rules uh, that i would change right now because now it's 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 pretty much okay in volleyball there was a mistake that they tried to change the rules that one year you were allowed to touch the net if you are not playing the ball at the same moment then the next year you weren't allowed to touch the net then it was something there have been in last 10 years so many like tryouts for new rules that at some point even we start the season and i was i'm like oh they changed the rule again all right i, I didn't mm. know that so this makes it difficult for the fans to follow just keep the rules the same play make sure that everyone the spectators everyone understand the rules so as you know yourself if if it's uh, if you understand the rules of the game then it's even already more interesting to follow the game if you don't understand the rule and you just see the ball flying it is interesting but it's not, it's not so interesting so i i wouldn't change uh, i wouldn't change anything right now people have been talking to put the net higher uh, because the guys are jumping high and are physically strong but if you put the net higher on the highest level then you have to put the net higher in every level because everyone wants to play the same like robert that plays or everyone wants to play the same as plays i don't know argo Meles are played or kertobal is playing or or all the great players are playing if you play football, you want to play on the same poles on the same with the same ball. But if you put the net higher, yes, Robert that can still jump and hit the ball as hard as he can. But the next guy who plays in the first league, he can't anymore. And then the game starts to change and starts to fall apart. So I, I would keep the same. Yeah, I mean, if it, if something is not broken, there's no need to change it. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. That's that's very well said. Yeah. yeah. What are you up to these days? As I understand, you're a volleyball coach at the moment in Russia. Uh, yeah, I'm with the Russian national team now for fourth or fifth year already. Uh, are practicing. Any... We are we are in training camp right now. Are there any major differences between Estonian volleyball and Russian uh, volleyball? You know, when it comes to I don't know mentality or the training. Uh, yeah, there, there are, for example, Russians are more, they are more emotional in, in, in some points. 
in some some points it, it, some moments it's it's good some moments it's not so good for example they if they lose they are taking it more into themselves and and it's it's hard to talk to them because they are a little bit used to you know i can handle myself i don't need right. any help i can handle it myself but you can clearly see that they can especially mm. the younger players uh, plus uh, sometimes the russian they need more pushing they need more like a heavy hand or like really coaching the estonians they they know that they have to do everything by themselves pretty much they they are fighting until the end with uh, every point and, and and every ball the russians some sometimes get a little bit lazy but the system uh, estonian volleyball federation for example russian volleyball federation both give support to beach volleyball, but the Russians are taking it way more serious. The system we have, I, 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 um, it's, it's pretty much perfect. We, we, we pretty much get everything that we need for all teams. We get the help from the Federation, the support from the Federation. We are in uh, Federation facility or Federation uh, uh, built training facility right now in Anapa. Great mm. hotels, great uh, places, pools, good courts, good gyms, everything is here near and accessible for us. So so the support is huge in, in Russian uh, volleyball, but it becomes with the price also. So Estonian, Beach, Estonian Volleyball Federation gives support to the players, but they don't demand any results from them and it's uh, opposite in russia it's opposite it's <clears throat> totally opposite for example right now if we take uh, estonian national women's national team that didn't qualify for the european championships uh, tournament mm -hmm. they just two days ago they lost the last match they have i think two or three italian coaches uh, they have a lot of support from the federation a lot of stuff uh, around them I think 14 players and nine or 10 staff members traveling with them. Uh, they didn't qualify for the European Championships final and nothing happened. Uh, it was like Federation said, yeah, it's new coach, new system, it's not so bad, so on and so on and so on. Like it always is. Like uh, in Estonia, it's pretty much always like this. Men's national team have been playing in champions uh, in European Championships final tournaments for I don't know five times or four times. The highest result was 12th place, and, no, and everybody said that it's good, that this is that that's very good. But I mean, is it? If you put so much money and so much effort into it, do you really want to get 12th place? Yeah. Or do you want to be in the European Championships final tournament? where there are 24 teams, but all in all, in qualification, there are 32 teams. So only eight teams are out. So, and you are proud that you are in the 24 teams, but not in the last eight. And yeah. you stay last in the European Championship. Is it the result? It's not for me. And in Russia, if we would be like this, that uh, we won't qualify for the European Championships final tournament, that would be the last day when I work here. I, I'm 100% sure. Uh -huh. We had talks about it. We have contracts which say, say that this, these are the requirements for us. 
and uh, the federation supports us federations puts a lot of money into the system and they demand a lot they demand a lot yeah well it seems like you know at the moment at least you are doing really good uh really successfully your players are actually world champions which is amazing as far as i know uh yeah they still are uh but we for me it is a great result it is a really great result and unbelievable achievement from the coaches from the team uh, from the players from everyone but it was two years ago so now we we have we ha- are moved on from that nobody can ever take away from the from us that we are world champions or we were world champions but we have to focus on new goals we can't stay there in this uh, in this result and no i mean in estonia probably nobody knows that uh, in 2017 we got the bronze medal from the Euro, uh, from the world championships we got the silver medal from the european championships 2018 silver medal european championships uh, 19 also silver medal from the european championships 2020 was nothing going on so we actually have and i actually have a lot more results to show but this mm-hmm. is the biggest one but we have moved on i me me in my head i've moved on yes from that <laughs> yeah when it comes to the young players um you know when when teaching football well uh, not football sorry uh, volleyball what is the first thing young players need to understand about the game to be successful you know when we are talking about really young people what's just what's just starting out uh the first thing for for me what i would say to the all the young players is that uh, uh i mean not not to children i, I would say it for 14 and uh, older yeah. because children don't understand it yet 14 15 and older for children until that age it has to be fun it has to be fun and and that's when the progress comes from but after that you have to be ready to work like really hard you have to be ready to push yourself you have to be ready to push your teammates you have to be ready to push your coaches you have to be ready to do absolutely everything to be to be the best to beat yourself to beat the opponents and so on and so on and so on this this is the main key to work and to to do your stuff and to want to do your stuff like like this for me is the basic and the most important thing in 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 volleyball and i i think it's in every sport like this my brother actually plays volleyball as well as well and i think he even wants to be a coach uh, like you were uh, at at some point he's thinking to do you know all those licenses you need uh what would be your advice to him or any young player who wants to take that next step to improve the game or even become a coach don't go to the dark side <laughs> <laughs> no i mean uh, if, if if somebody wants to do it if somebody really wants to do it then do it just don't don't be afraid of any challenges just mm. take them the, the worst thing that happens is uh, you're going to fail but you can always move on and from every failure or i, I think that most of the times from failure you can learn more and actually from uh, success yeah uh and take take uh, everything 
all the challenges uh, with a clear hair, head and the smile on your face and, and don't be afraid of everything that these things, anything that these things throw on your way. It's, yeah. it's an interesting process. It, it, it's a really interesting process. Absolutely wonderful uh, like uh, journey for me and absolutely wonderful experience for me. I, I learned so much. I still learn so much. And I, I still, I'm not ready to be like, uh, I'm not a coach. I'm re- not, not ready a coach or, or how, do, how do you put it? I'm, I'm not there yet. I have a long way to go. And every day I can see new challenges, uh, which sometimes are funny, sometimes are interesting. For example, right now, the same guys who were world champions in 2019, somehow they are not motivated to, to play in the Olympics. <laughs> I don't know what happened. And, and now we are mm. fighting with them, not fighting, but we are trying to figure it out, how, how, how we could motivate them. Now we are getting mm-hmm. better, but in January, we had huge problems with them. And that's for me is a good challenge. I mean, it makes you think, it gives you a new perspective on things. It gives you new things to, like, to change. And, and again, we can learn from that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got any plans to go back to Estonia at some point? I have a plan to go back to Estonia on 10th of June, if they let me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've said that already in, in some uh, media that mm. I would I would love to go to Estonia and I would love to be a coach in Estonia and then to build up the system, Estonian beach volleyball system with the youth and with the men and women side. Absolutely. I'm... Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Estonia and I'm really happy to be to live in Estonia and, and to be Estonian. Yeah, uh, exactly the same. Uh, I'm really proud to be Estonian, which is weird. Like when I was younger, you know, I always kind of wanted to go somewhere else. Like I'm living in England at the moment. But now when I'm in England, I start to realize, you know, how beautiful Estonia actually is. Yeah, same. I, I've been uh, all around the world uh, many times, and, uh, and still there is something about uh, something about that feeling when you, even when you fly over Estonia and, and, and then land land in Tallinn airport and then go wherever you go from there. Uh, this, I mean, I guess it's the feeling of coming home, and and. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to change it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, before we wrap things up, I've got something in mind. You know, uh, game, so to speak. Yeah, you know, I'm going to give you two options and you just choose which one you prefer for whatever reason, if you're up for it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. It, it's pretty random. Like usually what I do is, uh, well, not you, sometimes, you know, I teach other people a little bit of Estonian. You know, they need to... Well, they need to learn a sentence or something, but I, I assume you're not going to struggle with this one. So we need to do something you know, different. You never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Ask my Estonian teacher how I did in school in Estonia. And <laughs> it might, might be interesting for me. <laughs> right. Um, so the first option, uh, the breakfast or lunch? Uh, breakfast. Movies or books? Books. 
driving fast or driving slow? Uh, slow, driving slow. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Singing or dancing? Uh, singing, a loud and loud and bad singing, Estonian way. <laughs> uh, city or countryside? Uh, countryside. Be embarrassed or be afraid? Uh, be embarrassed, embarrassed. Yeah, sure. yeah. Reality shows or documentaries? Documentaries. Camping in the mountains or sunbathing on the beach? Uh, sunbathing on, on the beach. I thought you would say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only answer you could have. Uh, uh, last one, Christmas or Halloween? Christmas for sure. Yeah. I, I don't think Halloween is uh, popular in Estonia, really. It, it, it becomes more popular, but um, yeah. maybe I, I'm such an old school guy that for me, it's a little bit too much, you know, American culture coming uh, and Estonian culture. We have our own uh, Halloween called Martipav and Kadripav. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty much the same thing but it's more Estonian and more like traditional Estonian. traditional yeah. Estonian thing. So I don't see a point for Of course, for children, it's fun for my, my daughter also goes for Halloween and ask for candy from people. But, but for me, it's, it's a little bit too American. Yeah. Even, even here in England, which where is it's really, really popular. I'm not really getting into this. I'd, I don't know what Maybe it is. Me neither. I don't know also what it is. I think it's again this kind of Estonian thing. That you know, as an Estonian, that yeah. we have our own things and our things are actually better than all the other things in the world. Again, if it's not broken, don't change it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we, right. have good, we have good parties when guys dress as women and women dress as guys, Kadripav and Mardipav, and that's it. That, that's all we need. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. And on that bombshell, it's time to wrap things up and ride into the sunset. Yeah, thank you, Rivo, for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for asking, and thanks uh, everyone for listening all around the world. I I know that when I'm in the show, it always gets millions of listeners. Millions. Well, well obviously, that's why I wanted you to have you on the show. Perfect. Like and share, everyone. <laughs> Like and share. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media if you are into that kind of stuff or anything you would like uh, people to check out? Yeah, Facebook, Instagram. I, I'm not the biggest influencer uh, in the world, but uh, if you want to follow me, follow me. You might learn something, uh, but you might get stupider also. So it's as, <laughs> at your own risk. <laughs> well, th th there you go. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll see you all next time.